Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know what I'm here for, right? I am here to set straight sad BS media narratives that sadly take foot and people believe them. I've got a few of those for you today. I'm going to thoroughly eviscerate the nonsense and set everybody straight. Uh, most of you probably did the homework on your I got that. Got more breaking news about Steele. Christopher Steele, of course, creator of the fake dossier, who said something in a uh, trial where him and his company are uh, being forced to testify that he promised you was going to blow your mind. I'm not kidding. And relates to the Obama administration and that infamous briefing. You're like, what? Yes, what? Coming soon. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Surf the web with peace of mind. Get a VPN by going to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you on Friday? It's Friday. There we go. Yes, Joe's it is, best. man. Good to be here, brother. <laughs> Former terrestrial radio guy. Boys, terrestrial. There we go. I right, got a lot to get to. Uh, really, this is going to be a loaded show. Please don't go anywhere. All right, today's show brought to you by Buddy's at GenuCell. Hey, you wish that double chin would just disappear? Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, people look at your jawline. It tells your age. Here's Robin from Lubbock, Texas. I put GenuCell's jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago. It's the best my neck has looked in 20 years. People told me my face looks young. I am blown away. With Chamonix MDL technology, GenuCell's brand new jawline treatment specifically targets that delicate skin on the neck area for tight, healthy, younger looking skin. You'll see that mirror smile back at you or 100% of your money back. No questions asked. Order GenuCell's brand new jawline treatment absolutely risk-free and get a second month for half price. And for results in 12 hours or less, GenuCell Immediate Effects is also yours free. Order online for an extra $30 discount. Orders on online orders only. Just use my promo code DAN30. That's DAN30 at checkout. Go to GenuCell.com. GenuCell is a New Jersey company. They're donating $10,000 a week to local food banks. You can also help by contributing directly. No purchase necessary. Just go to GenuCell.com. G-E-N-U-C-E-L. GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. Promo code DAN30. DAN30 at checkout. All right, Joe. Let's go. Here we go. We always love Fridays, Fridays, because you get two days off on the weekend, which is always nice to get away from the chaos and the nonsense BS media narratives. Let's go to BS media narrative number one before I get to the steel stuff and the Obama administration, which is probably panicking right now. So as we discussed yesterday on the show, the some of the states now led by Andrew Cuomo, Democrat from New York, who has failed miserably in his job. I, as I discussed yesterday, again, I don't understand why Democrat Cuomo up in New York is being celebrated for his successes when just about everything he predicted was going to happen, he's been wrong on, whether it's ventilators, hospital beds, uh, the screaming and yelling and the back and forth with the Trump administration. But I said to you that the Democrats now have another line of attack. We're keeping our economies closed basically until we get a federal bailout, which is ridiculous because there's no money to bail you out with the states. We don't have any money yet. Either do we in the federal government. We don't have money either because the we is us. There's no money. None. There's no slush fund. So I saw this yesterday on Andrea Chalupa, who is the sister of Alexandra Chalupa. Remember her from the spy gate thing that they're, they love fake news, but she tweeted out yesterday we basically we deserve a bailout blue states because blue states subsidize you evil red states where the what? we give you. In other words, you better bail us out because us blue states, New York and California, we're giving you red states all the money. And now you owe us the favor. I was like, oh, oh, mm. T.O., not Terrell Owens, time out. I called up my resident fact checker, Matt Palumbo, who ironically wrote about this in his terrific book, Debunk This, where he debunks liberal nonsense. I wrote the forward for that. And I said, Matt, oh, Matt, can you please shred this like you've done in your book and a thousand times on Bongino.com? So he wrote this article for us in this gem so I can debunk this so you can cut this off at its legs right away. Liberals resurrect the myth that blue states subsidize red states by Matt Palumbo. Ladies and gentlemen, Blue states do not subsidize red states. It is, in fact, quite the opposite. What they will tell you is, the liberals, because they're always pulling, there's always a scam, there's always a hoax, and there's always a trick. Always. Paula, can you remind me about that hoax thing later, by the way? Me and Paula had a good laugh last night. She's laughing now. It's always a hoax. Here's what they do, Joe. They say, well, the percentage of state budgets in red states, Joe, 
paid for by federal tax dollars. In other words, the federal government gives the state large, uh, uh, red states, larger percentages of their state budget yeah. than they give blue states. You're like, wow, that they seem to be right. Right, Dan? What's the trick? Well, the trick is the percentage is larger because red states are not profligate and don't spend as much, as much money. This is not hard to figure out for liberals who have a tough time with math. Ladies and gentlemen, there's always a scam. There's always a hoax. Always. You just have to find it. In other words, Joe, to make it really <laughs> simple, if the federal government sends $10,000 in tax money to Florida, which has a bigger population than New York, but roughly the same, and you know, relatively speaking, yeah, and then sends the same $10,000 to New York, Florida, whose budget is around half of what New York is in government spending, despite the fact that they have roughly the same size, Florida's actually bigger. Of course, the percentage is going to look bigger. 10,000 yeah. of an $80 billion budget is going to appear like a lot larger percentage than 10,000 of a $170 billion budget. Just saying, yeah. if you're into math and stuff, as Matt indicates, read this piece, please. It'll be up on our show notes. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Where we, it's an email every day. People have been asking me, I'm on your email list. I don't get the show notes. It's the same thing. The newsletter is the show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. My wife asked me to make sure you understood that. It's the same thing. This article will be there. Quote, Matt Palumbo, bongino.com. Against the national average of $1,935 in intergovernmental spending per American. In other words, Joe, the federal government spends an average of $1,935 in federal tax dollars given back to the states. Listen to this. Red states receive just $1,879. Blue states get considerably more at $2,124 per resident. So, of course, liberals are always lying. The story is actually inverted. When you measure tax dollars per person, which matters based on state budgets and state size, it's actually red states that are being uh, red states that are subsidizing blue states. You got the story backwards, as you always do. It's always a hoax. There's always a scam. <laughs> I can't even do this. I was <laughs> laughing so hard last night with Paula about this, the hoax thing. All right, enough on that. You can read it. I just want to start the show off with that today. It's important to debunk this liberal nonsense before it takes hold. Uh, just a quick, uh, it's Friday. I like to present some lighter stuff. President Trump at the presser yesterday is asked a question about Joe Biden. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I, I love the president, but I've got to tell you, yesterday, his answer about Sleepy Joe during that the uh, coronavirus presser is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. He's asked about Joe Biden and he <laughs> President Trump. He's a, he's a sleepy guy who's not moving much. <laughs> check, check this out. This is hilarious. I can't tell you what's going to happen. We have a sleepy guy in a basement of a house that the press is giving a free pass to who doesn't want to do debates because of COVID. And lots of things are happening, right? And I watched a couple of interviews and I say, oh, I look forward to this. But they're keeping him sheltered because of the coronavirus, and he's not moving around. He's not moving too much. <laughs> this guy is hilarious. He's a sleepy mm. Joe. He's a sleepy guy yeah. who's not moving. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't eat. Oh. He, yeah. I missed one. There's actually three takeaways. I only mentioned two. Sleepy guy. He's a sleepy guy in a basement. Who's <laughs> not moving around much? I'm sorry. It's Friday. It is a substantive show today. I got a lot to get. But this stuff's like, let me just get to the hoax thing quick because I don't want to. So last night I'm, I'm sitting there with Paula and I was laughing about how Trump I love, I get in, anyone who knows me, my friends who listen to the show, you know, I, I these I, words get in my head and I can never get them out. I, it's, a, I don't know what it is. It's a little like OCD thing I have. I can't, and I find them hilarious. And it's not for, don't try to make sense of it. And they'll make no sense because some of the things I do make no sense. But the word, the hoax thing has me laughing my butt off lately. How Trump, do you ever notice this Joe at a presser? Like he just, 
randomly declares thing hoaxes. I just love it. Like the media will ask you questions. He's like, that's a hoax. I'm yeah. moving. On. I just love it. It's the funniest. I was laughing so hard last night. He just, they ask him these questions and it usually is a hoax. That's a hoax. I'm moving. On. Yeah. I can't take it. I was dying. Right. Was I not? Paula was like, you really need to get a hold of yourself. It's not as funny as you think it is. But I love Trump. No, nah, that's a hoax. We're moving on. <laughs> All right, enough silly. Let's get back to this because I got some real content for you. All right, let's get to this Christopher Steele stuff. It's really important. Whew, boy, he makes me laugh, this guy. I'm serious, like no one else around. Huge, like mega tactical nuke dropped on the Spygate battlefield yesterday. And of course, is missing mainstream media scrutiny because again, it destroys all their Spygate hoaxes, which legitimately are hoaxes. You won't hear this anywhere but here in a couple of conservative outlets. So Chuck Ross dropped this bombshell at the Daily Caller yesterday. Again, be in the show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. You can read it. Please read it for yourself. It's a great article. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Steele, who wrote this fake dossier, was a real dossier with fake information. Mm-hmm. He only spoke to one source, his PSS, primary subsource. Get a load of this. Chuck Ross exclusive, Daily Caller. Dossier author Steele testified his emails were wiped. Wow, isn't that convenient, Joe? Huh? He no longer has any documents related to his primary source, who's the only one he actually spoke to, by the way. Weird. Golly. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. The only primary source he speaks to, it's just wiped out? Huh. Whoa. That seems really odd, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the screenshot from this piece. What's going on here? There's a lawsuit Steele's involved in. Mm -hmm. People are suing him for his dossier, suing his company. So Steele told a British court last month in this lawsuit that they got a hold of the deposition here, that he no longer has the documents and other information from his meetings with his main source of the dossier, suggesting that Steele has no way of backing up his side in a dispute with the DOJ inspector general according to a deposition obtained by the Daily Caller. Steele also told the court that his communications regarding the dossier, including with Fusion GPS, oh, that's important, oh, yes, were Mm -hmm. wiped in December and January of 2017, the transcript shows. Hmm. Now, you may be saying, that's pretty significant, no? They're taking the Hillary Clinton model, Joe. You know, the bleach mm-hmm. bit. Why don't you wipe it with a cloth? Remember that? All those yeah. emails magically disappeared. But don't worry, Joe. They were about yoga and weddings. How do we know that? Because Hillary Clinton told us. And she's always to be believed, of course. Hillary Clinton never lies. That's about as hilarious as Trump when he tells everybody <laughs> about their hoaxes. Nobody actually believes that. But Steele's emails with his only source he actually spoke to have magically disappeared and were wiped? Why? That's not even the biggest tactical nuke here. The when it happened is going to blow your mind. I promise, man. It is going to bake your bagels. It is going to rattle your marbles right now. Let's go to second screenshot from this piece. I'll explain what I mean. I'm going to have to go back to this screenshot a couple times because there's so much in here that if you read it quickly, you'll miss it. Screenshot two from Chuck Ross's piece. Now, I'm going to read the first half first because it's it's not even a long one. There's just so many nuggets in here that I got to get through it in pieces. So he says first, Steele, quote from the Chuck Ross piece. Steele said he had no records related to the creation of his dossier memos, including report 112. Remember, the dossier is a compilation of reports from the dossier, which dealt with Alpha Bank, with the Alpha Bank owners. You have no record of anything, have you? Tomlinson asked. I haven't got any records relating to the creation of 112, said Steele. So come back to me here for a minute. Thank you. So he has a memo in his dossier, memo number 112, report 112. Report 112 seems to have disappeared amongst others. Now, remember what I told you in that prior thing, that he seems to have wiped clean his emails with Fusion GPS and Glenn Simpson too. Well, what is Report 112 about? Report 112 is about Alpha Bank, 
Now, many of you regular Dan Bongino show mm-hmm. listeners have the thinking caps on. I've already put two and two together. Wow, that sounds awfully suspicious. Report 112 is about Alpha Bank. Wasn't Alpha Bank the primary concern of Glenn Simpson from Fusion GPS when he wrote this gem of a piece back in 2007, 2007, when he was a reporter in the Wall Street Journal? There it is. There it is right there. There it is. How lobbyists help ex-Soviets woo Washington by Glenn Simpson. And Mary Jacoby is now wife, updated April 17th, 2007, not 2017. So Glenn Simpson wrote this article in the Wall Street Journal 13 years ago. Glenn Simpson, the guy who owns Fusion GPS, whose emails with Steele, Joe, have been wiped. Mm -hmm. As Steele wrote a report, 112, about Alpha Bank, when Glenn Simpson seems to have been concerned about Alpha Bank all the way back in 2007. This is weird. 2007 piece, Wall Street Journal, Glenn Simpson, talking about this member of the Russian cabinet and his close ally, Putin. They used a Washington PR consultant and they're under federal investigation in the U.S. over money laundering and is locked in a high stakes battle with Moscow conglomerate Alpha for control of a Russian telecommunications empire. Alpha has paid Barbara Griffith and Rogers, a lobbying firm, nearly $2 million in lobbying fees. This is really strange. How Glenn Simpson, when he was a journalist, alleged journalist at the Wall Street Journal, 13 years ago, is writing a piece about Alpha Bank and Russia. 13 years later, a guy he pays to put together a hoax dossier Mm-hmm. Christopher Seale mm-hmm. writes a memo about Alpha, number 112, that's just magically disappeared along with Steele's communications with Fusion GPS and Glenn Simpson. Why does that matter? Oh, again, you regular listeners, you're figuring it out right now, aren't you? Because we've been told the whole time Steele wrote the dossier. It is called the Steele dossier. It's not called the Simpson dossier. Well, Dan, I don't get it. Why would it matter if Simpson or Steele wrote the dossier? Because the uh-huh. FBI swore in court that Christopher Steele wrote the dossier. Because Christopher Steele was a former British intelligence agent who worked on the Russia desk, who had the street cred in front of a FISA judge. If the FBI swore Steele wrote it, that it was to be believed because a former spy who worked in Russia, he wrote it. Therefore, it's definitely real. Death, death. No diggity. But if Simpson, in fact, wrote the dossier or contributed information about Alpha Bank, he seemed to be very concerned about Alpha Bank 13 years ago. And Report 112 is primarily information from Simpson. And the FBI put their right hand up in court and said, I swear this information came from a spy who has influence in Russia, but it really came from a journalist who used to work at the Wall Street Journal. Oh, boy, you're in a lot of trouble. That'd be like me swearing at court that Armacost robbed the bank, saying I heard it from Bobby when, in fact, I heard it from a guy who doesn't like Joe from their childhood because Joe was a better guitarist than him. Kind of a different story, no? Yep. Magic how that one report seems to have really disappeared along with their emails with Fusion 2. Wouldn't it be really crazy, Joe? Just crazy. If that report 112 Uh was really information from Simpson when the FBI swore it came from Steele and those emails that have been wiped between Simpson's company, Fusion and Steele, magically just disappeared. No, that would just be crazy. Yeah. Just nuts. Just nuts. Of course, that kind of stuff never happens, right? <laughs> oh, this gets better. Let me get to my second sponsor. Uh-huh. We got a loaded show today. Again, I always appreciate your patience, but we got a lot of people who want to be on the show. I always appreciate your patience. They are great companies. Uh, Omaha Steaks. I'm going to get back to this story in a minute because the second part's even more interesting. Just remember that. We were told Steele wrote the dossier because he was credible. If Simpson wrote portions of it, oh man, are they in trouble. But don't worry, all the emails have disappeared. All right, today's show brought to you by buddies at Omaha Steaks. Some of the finest meats around. We love Omaha Steaks. We eat it here, what, about twice a week, Paula? Delicious. Nobody cooks like Paula either. It's great. Omaha Steaks stock-up boxes have a great care package gift. Make sure someone you love has a full freezer today. Have that peace of mind knowing dinner will be available and easy to prepare. Right now, the Omaha Steaks limited-time stock-up sales available for our listeners to help your family stock up on the foods you love. 
Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the code Bongino into the search bar to unlock the savings unique for my listeners. They're huge savings too. There's a variety of ready-to-ship stock-up boxes available now. If you enter the promo code Bongino in the search bar, you can save more than 50% on your order and get free shipping on orders of $69 or more. You're not going to beat that deal. Packages are perfect for families. They're ready to head straight to your door with free shipping. Here's what stock-up boxes include. World-famous Omaha steaks, aged to tenderness and trimmed to perfection. Premium poultry and pork cut by their famous butchers and individually sealed for freshness and perfection. Tasty and easy-to-make side dishes, butchers and individually sealed for freshness and flavor. Tasty and easy-to-make Excuse me. Side dishes, family meals for your slow cooker or oven, skillet meals ready in 15 minutes that are delicious. I have the fajitas down there in my freezer, artisan desserts and more. Right now, stock up boxes are ready to ship. Save big free shipping of, on orders of $69 or more. You're not going to beat that. It's going to be safe. It's going to come to your door. It's going to be delicious food. That's del- If you've had Omaha steaks, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you're missing out. It's a fifth generation family-owned butcher with years and experience on perfectly aged all-American grain-finished beef that's delicious, hand-cut by master butchers in the heartland of America. There's America's never been a better time to stock up. The stock up sale is going on right now. Ready to ship packages, save 50% or more. And free shipping and orders of $69 or more. Just type Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O in the search bar. You could save more than 50% on your order and get free shipping. Omaha Steaks on orders of $69 or more. Excuse me. Omaha Steaks is partnering with Feeding America to help families in need. They've donated 100,000 uh, servings of premium proteins. And when you buy select combo packages, they'll donate more. Be sure to type in Bongino in the search bar and support Feeding America at omahasteaks.com. Really delicious. I'm not messing with you. You're going to love this stuff. Absolutely terrific food. We can't get enough of it here. Okay, so getting back to this. So I told you there were a ton of just delectable nuggets. See, I'm thinking of food right now. <laughs> the like delectable nuggets in that Daily Caller piece by the great Chuck Ross. Always seems to get the scoops on this stuff. But there's another part if we go back to that. So just to be clear, on 112, we established that the Alpha Bank memo disappeared. Simpson seemed awfully concerned about Alpha Bank. The emails between Simpson and Steele disappeared too. But that would be a big problem because the FBI already swore Steele wrote it because he was the credible one, not the journalist guy being paid to dig up information. Could be an issue. Well, there's another little juicy nugget in here. So this goes on. And he, the, the, uh, they say to him in the deposition, so you, haven't have, you don't have any records relating to the creation of Report 112. Steele says, I haven't got any records for, on that. And they ask him, well, what about the other memoranda? He says, no, they were wiped out in early January of 2017. Oh, okay. That's interesting. A lot of things happened in January mm-hmm. 2017, Joe, right? Yeah, man. Well, come back. because What else happened in January of 2017 early on? Steele said that a Hushmail account he used in late December of 2016 was, quote, wiped clean. He also said that the communications with Fusion GPS on his company's computer network were scrubbed on January 5th of 2017. And that BuzzFeed published Steele's dossier five days later? (laughs) Oh, man. So Steele mysteriously wipes clean his emails on January 5 of 2017. Now, this is for the very sophisticated listeners out there who are way ahead of the curve. It's probably a very, you have to have really followed this case to understand what I just pointed out and how incredible this information is. Why would Steele wipe his emails clean January 5th of 2017? Clean up on aisle four, folks. Clean up on aisle four. What else happened on January 5th? Well, let's go to Chuck Grasley, Republican senator, who's always all over federal government and law enforcement intelligence type corruption. He put out an interesting memo at Grasley.gov a while ago, February 12th of 2018, entitled Grasley. Grasley and Lindsey Graham uncover an unusual email sent by Susan Rice to herself on President Trump's inauguration day. Mm -hmm. What does that have to do with January 5th of 2017 when Steele gets the Joe random impetus, I guess, to just wipe his emails clean about his communications? What else happens on January 5th? Well, thanks to Chuck Grassley, we got this little gem of an email, which Obama's national security advisor, Susan Rice, the hapless Susan Rice, sends to herself from Grassley's memo. Ambassador Rice appears to have used this email account to document a January 5th, 2017 meeting with Hmm. Obama, Comey, and Sally Yates. 
That's no way. Regarding Russian interference at the 2016 election, in particular, Rice writes an email to herself, which is bizarre in and of itself, saying President Obama began the conversation by stressing his continued commitment to ensuring that every aspect of the issue is handled by the intelligence and law enforcement communities, quote, by the book. Yeah. Now, uh, I've asked you this before, Joe and Jess, as the audience referee (laughs) and ombudsman, the voice of the audience out there. Have you ever sent an email to yourself about, in other words, when you and I initially met, did the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And I laid out a couple of things I was looking for. Did you ever send an email to yourself saying, make sure you follow Dan Bongino's instructions by the book? Did you ever send Joe Armacost to Joe Armacost that email? No, nothing like that when I was sober, no. Okay, thank you. Now, (laughs) now why would Joe do something? He wouldn't. Why would I? Because Joe would have to be a scammer. And Joe was trying to, and what he does is he wants in court that to come out that he sent an email to himself that he was doing it by the book because he wasn't doing it by the book. And he thinks the email is his defense mechanism. It reminds me this email of G.I. Jane, the Demi Moore Navy SEAL movie, where there's an interesting quote in there where she goes in and she wants to yell at the commanding officer of the base because she thinks she's being treated unfairly in Navy school. And the commanding officer gets up and barks back at her that people who don't want to make statements don't make statements about not making statements. All right. In other words, to be more consistent, I don't want to make a statement, but there's no but. Then just don't make a statement. Shh, zip it. Susan Rice seems to be making a statement about not making a statement, which is, in fact, making a statement. Right. And that statement is this. That's not what went down at that January 5th meeting, and you damn well know it. I can almost guarantee you what went down at that meeting with Comey, Sal- known Trump hater Sally Yates from the DOJ. Susan Rice and Obama was entirely different than what Susan Rice is making a statement about in that email. Maybe it went down to something like this. Yeah. It's January 5th now. Right. Trump's about to take office, the presidency, mm-hmm. in just days. Right. Obama knows full well they are involved in the biggest political scandal of all time. They spied on a political campaign, the Trump team, with the FBI and the DOJ. What they used to spy was this fake dossier, real dossier with fake information. They all know it's fake at this point. They absolutely, categorically know it's fake. Obama realizes they have a problem, that Trump is going to come into office soon, have access to this bevy of classified information, is going to figure out quite quickly that he got screwed over royally and is enmeshed deeply as a victim of the biggest political scandal in American history. So Obama's probably sitting there at the Resolute, the desk in the Oval Office with his legs up saying, his foot on the desk saying, hey, uh, we got a mess on aisle four there. Mm-hmm. Someone broke some jelly. Who's going who's gonna to clean that up? I can imagine Comey going, sir, I get the, re-. they're all talking in code, of course, because Obama mm. never wants to say anything, right? Right. Because he's plausible deniability, right? I was talking about jelly. So Obama's probably like, yeah. We broke some jelly on aisle four. You know how parents talk about things around their kids? You know what things I'm talking about if you're a parent? We do it all the time. Paul is like, don't even dare go there. (laughs) It's the best part about the show. You kidding me? Activations, whatever. So Obama's sitting there. (laughs) Only she gets that joke. Obama's sitting there. We got a jelly uh, bottle that broke on aisle four. Comey's like, I got the perfect mop and bucket for the jelly on aisle four. Susan Rice is like, do you think we need to disinfect this floor on aisle four if the jelly broke? Sally Yates is like, how about a little floor polish after we clean it up? And they're all like, yeah, winking and nodding. All of a sudden, the word magically gets back to Christopher Steele. Hey, do you have any emails documenting your writing of that real dossier with fake information that we used to spy on Trump, who's going to be the president soon? Uh, Yes. Maybe you want to break some jelly. Wink. Nod. Steele's like, I'm a jelly. It reminds me of, uh, did you see the movie, uh, what is it, The Irishman on Netflix? (laughs) <laughs> about Hoffa, they ask the guy, the guy, he's a, he's a killer for hire. And they call up the De Niro character and say, I hear you paint houses. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Paint houses. He meant shooting people, painting yep. houses with blood. That's what he meant. I hear you paint houses, Steele. 
I, I hear you break jelly bottles. Oh, I break jelly bottles better than anyone. And all of a sudden, on the same day as the meeting in the Oval Office about the jelly breaking, January 5th, the same day, Steele winds up deleting all the emails. What an odd coincidence. Do you yeah. break jelly bottles? I break jelly bottles better than anyone. Didn't hear anything about this. No, keep in mind, all of these highly paid, overrated, pathetic, air quotes, journalists at the Times and the Washington Post, you can't figure any of this out. You didn't see that January 5th date and think, wow, that's odd. That's the same day Obama's in the Oval Office allegedly telling people to do everything by the book. Wouldn't by the book, meaning the, just a quick question, yeah. Joe, again, as the spokesman for the audience as the referee, wouldn't by the book mean Obama told Susan Rice and Jim Comey, hey, preserve all the evidence we use for this case because we did everything by the book, including the source you used, tell him to preserve his emails. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that mean that? Yes, it would. Well, since when does by the book mean delete any evidence of the evidence we use to spy on Trump? I'm just asking, no, folks. Never I'm has. just asking no. for mm -hmm. Maggie Haberman and Natasha Bertrand and Adam Goldman and all the other collusion hoaxers, Fusion Ken Delanian. I'm just there. You're not curious about that? I thought we were doing it by the book. By the book, break the jelly. By the book, break the jelly. Do you break jelly? I break jelly. I thought you did things by the book. We break jelly. We break jelly by the book. This yeah. is nonsense. <laughs> you are... Uh, I'm, journalism is dead. Dead. Nobody's putting this together. It's the same date of the by the book email. You can't break jelly and do things by the book. That's not how you do it. You don't break jelly that way. That's not by the book. By the book, jelly shelf. Not by the book. Take the jelly, smash it on the floor in aisle four. I used to work in aisle four, Key Food on Metropolitan Avenue in Forest Hills. You don't break the jelly on the floor. That's not by the book. Jelly shelf. Oh my gosh, these people are so, I can't, really, the media, it's, all right, let me move on because I get lost in these media because I'm so upset at what's going on. There's another takeaway from this Daily Caller piece, again, showing you how devastating the Alpha Bank material in Report 112 is because there's a strong possibility it could have come from Glenn Simpson, although the FBI swore it came from Steele. So the Alpha Bank information that Simpson wrote about in 2007, that has to go away. And it magically has because the jelly's mm -hmm. been broken. Let's go to this third takeaway from Chuck Ross's piece. Please read this again at the show notes. You're missing out if you don't. Steele has closely guarded the identity of his dossier source, including during the Alpha Bank deposition. Wow. Why would he hide his source for that? But he also says he's done work, uh, that he had done work for his firm for several years, and that his firm Orbis paid retainers of sources between $3,000 and $5,000 a month. So Steele seems awfully concerned about the real identity of his Alpha Bank sources getting out there, Joe, and apparently he's throwing some serious money around. God forbid Simpson was the source of that Alpha Bank story in Report 112. Now you have, you have criminal activity then. You have FBI folks, if they knew this, in open, well, closed FISA courts, non-adversaries closed, but in a secret court swearing on their integrity and their honor that the information they got came from a spy who knows Russia better than anyone. And in fact, it came from a journalist, former journalist being paid by Hillary Clinton to dig up dirt. One little last gem from this one. Hmm. Yeah, hat tipped up Hans Monkey on Twitter. Forgive me if I'm saying your last name, but he has another good account for Spygate stuff. Always digging up little nuggets there. I like to hat tip all these folks out there that are doing the real investigative journalism because you're not getting any of it from fake journalists at the Post and the Times or pretty much anywhere else. So in the IG report, there's this other interesting gem. Remember, Christopher Steele only spoke to his primary subsource. Mm -hmm. Only. Right. Who he's saying he got this stuff from. Yeah. Although it seems awfully likely he got it from someone else. They really want to hide this primary subsource, Joe, because the same primary subsource is the one who told the FBI in January, yep, right around the time about that mm. office meeting with Obama about by the book. Mm -hmm. The same primary subsource, the one that told the FBI, I didn't tell Steele any of that. You didn't because Steele's saying he got it from you. 
Well, fascinating that when this DOJ lawyer Laufman gets a hold of the primary subsource, they arrange to talk to him. But first, check this out from the IG report. You'll see in these underlines here. Hey, uh, you were, yeah, the, there you go. Paul is on her phone. No playing around during the show. Come on. So David Laufman, the chief of the National Security Division's Counterintelligence and Export Control Services, covered the first portion of the January interview, and his deputy section chief covered the remaining portions of the January interview. This is with the primary subsource. Look and listen to this. Laufman told us that he negotiated with the primary subsource's counsel to facilitate the FBI's interview. That's really interesting, and they wanted to build, Joe, a cooperative relationship. That's fascinating. Huh. Yeah. So they needed a cooperative relationship, mm -hmm. worked it out cutesy with the with the guy's lawyer. Oh, okay, listen, you haven't you're entitled to a lawyer. You remember, Joe, the same courtesies they gave to Mike Flynn? Remember they told Mike Flynn to get a lawyer and Papadopoulos when they told him to get a lawyer? Oh, that's right, they I didn't. Did. Right. Yes, that's right. They didn't do that, Joe. Must have been just a miscalculation or uh, just an oversight. That's what I remember. So the primary yeah. subsource, who they know is BSing everyone who Steele says he got his information from, Steele didn't get it from him. When they talk to him, they're like, wait, wait, you better get a lawyer first. Well, don't worry. We'll build a cooperative relationship. You know, the exact opposite of what they did to Mike Flynn and Papadopoulos when they basically bull rushed them with FBI agents. Ah, no, you don't need a lawyer. Don't you worry about that there, daddy-o. Justice is blind, right? Yeah, they're only blind the Democrats. What a scam. All right, we get to some more stuff. I got that's uh, media myth debunking time. Got more of that, and I've got a. I'm gonna get to this at the end. I got this. I'm gonna do like a segment too, like tough guy of the week or tough guy. I love tough guys who fight and do the right. This guy's a warrior. I want to get to that too. I got some video. Um, today's show also brought to you everybody's at Brickhouse Nutrition. You know, it's one of my favorite supplements, Foundation. There it is, a bottle, right? There's a new bottle. I needed it because I go through this stuff like you wouldn't believe. What is this? This is a creatine ATP blend. They were one of my original sponsors. They were in it from the beginning and why? They called me up. They said, gosh, three, four years. I don't even remember. Like, Dan, we'd love to sponsor your show. Can I send you a bottle of this creatine ATP blend, Foundation? I know you like to work out. I said, send me a bottle I've heard of creatine before. Like, nah, we added some ATP to this. It supercharges it. Creatine is like having an extra gas tank in the gym. Creatine ATP is like having two extra gas tanks in the gym. Folks, it's not just that this stuff makes you perform better. Everybody wants to perform better. Everyone. You want to go, you want to lift more weights. You want more energy during the day. Yeah, it does that. And it does it great. But it's not just that. You'll look better and you'll feel better too. And please don't take my word for it. I'm not messing with you. I'm so confident this part. Joe knows Little Joe takes it. Paula takes it. I take mm -hmm. it. My or my nephew loved it. It's just terrific stuff. Try it. Give it like five to seven days to load in your system. Foundation. This creatine ATP blend. Take it according to the label instructions in the back. Do the mirror test. Go give yourself a look in the mirror. Come back seven days later. See how you look then. I promise you'll be impressed. It's that good. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Use code Dan for 15% off. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Use code Dan for 15% off. Try this stuff out. Your wife, your husband will love it. You'll love it. Take the mirror test. Look, take a little mental snapshot. Come back seven days later. You may be like, damn, that looks good. And then give a shot to their field of greens too. All the fruits and vegetables you need daily in one handy dandy scoop of real fruit and vegetable. It's not extract. This is real food. Notice it's not a supplement facts on the back. It's nutrition facts. This is real food. The best field of greens, the best fruits and vegetables you need all there in one scoop. BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan, code Dan for 15% off. Try it out today. Okay, uh, moving on. So there's a piece in Red State. It'll be in the show notes today. Sorry, we had a little bit of trouble loading the actual article. We're not trying to jip our good friends at Red State. You're terrific. But it'll be in the show notes today, and it is definitely worth your time. It is about another media myth you may have heard. If you didn't get wind of it, you will. Uh, it's another fake news story by Joe. You're never going to believe it. I believe Maggie Haberman had a role in this again. These people at the huh. New York Times yeah. absolutely love fake news. So the story was this, if you missed it. Red State kind of covers it well uh, from the beginning on. There is a individual uh, works for the government who is a vaccine specialist, a guy by the name of, uh, I believe it's Rick Bright. So this guy's name, uh, Rick Bright, you've probably heard it. The allegation I was at, this guy Bright, Joe, this guy was telling the Trump team, hey, I'm mm -hmm. really concerned about this hydroxy uh, recommendation about hydroxychloroquine. And we better stop it. And I'm warning you now, 
And I warned them. And the media stories, what, Joe? He was then let go. They're pushing him out Mm -hmm. because he stood against Trump for hydroxychloroquine. Really? Because, again, of course, the New York Times is like, oh, my gosh, here it is, Joe. Tyrant Trump pushing out any opposing (laughs) views. Now, for President Trump to be attacking this guy, Bright, because of his opposing views would require Bright, call me crazy, Joe, if I'm crazy, would require Bright to actually have an opposing view, right? Yeah. I'm just saying. If Bright was like, be careful on this chloroquine, you're crazy. And Trump said, chloroquine could work. And then they pushed him out. That would tell the story. But that's not really the story now. Is it? Let's go to a series of tweets. Let's just go to the New York Times themselves. Breaking news. Again, more fake news from this pathetic rag of an alleged newspaper, which is a disgrace to humankind. Breaking news, New York Times. A doctor who led a U.S. agency helping to develop a coronavirus vaccine says he was removed because he questioned the promotion of hydroxychloroquine, a drug endorsed by Trump without rigorous vetting. Oh, my gosh. They got us now. They got us now. What do we do? I don't know, Joe. I don't know. So that would, of course, require Bright to actually be speaking out against hydroxychloroquine. But that's not exactly what happened. So here's Gerald Byer, I believe, from the Wall Street Journal in this tweet. They're all in the Red State article. You can read all these tweets yourself. Interesting uh, that in March, this is, again, the Wall Street Journal, Rick Bright, same guy, Joe, requested the FDA issue an emergency use authorization for the use of oral formulations of chloroquine phosphate the same, and hydroxychloroquine sulfate for the treatment of the 2019 coronavirus disease. Uh, uh, where's I don't understand where the opposing view where where's the opposing view by Bright? So Trump, who mentions an oppressor that hydroxychloroquine could work, mm-hmm. it's already an FDA approved drug. Everybody knows that it's, 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 it's the uses are largely off label, but it's FDA approved. It's been around forever. Trump simply suggests that it could be a treatment. A lot of doctors believe so too. There's been pro and negative research on it. This guy, Rick Bright, seems to agree because he's the one who actually put out the emergency use authorization. I'm missing where this is an opposing view. But the New York Times told you he had opposing views. So clearly, Joe, it has to be true. The same New York Times and Maggie Haberman that told you Spygate was a hoax and collusion was really the same people. So I think we can pretty much shred that because we can see right there that Dr. Bright there was one of the guys actually doing it. But let's get to another point here. He was supposedly ousted for, again, speaking out against chloroquine. Well, here's Dan Diamond at D Diamond on Twitter. Update, Rick Bright, vaccine expert who said he was ousted for opposing Trump's drive to acquire hydroxychloroquine, recently praised the acquisition of hydroxychloroquine in internal emails. That's just really weird. It goes on. The Trump administration apparently has been working to oust Bright since last year Hmm. as officials battled with him over his management and leadership. He then goes to share texts from a year ago where they're talking about how this guy is basically incompetent. Again, I know none of this fits your story. So your story is basically totally wrong. So the Trump team's ousting him for opposing hydroxychloroquine, which he didn't oppose, wrote the emergency use order on, and actually supported in internal emails. And apparently the Trump team has been trying to get rid of this guy because they believed he was incompetent a year ago before anybody knew the term coronavirus as related to Wuhan and the new iteration of it even existed. But don't let that get in the way of your story, lefties. I'm sure you'll just run with it anyway. Is anything you say ever true, ever Seriously, as I asked Joy Reid yesterday, uh, the dreadful um, uh, alleged journalist from MSNBC, are you allergic to the truth? Is anything you ever say true? I mean, just by chance, you think you'd get one story right once in a while? I'm not kidding. I really genuinely feel bad for you if if you're reading the New York Times. You're, You're living in a world that doesn't exist. My sincere apologies that you think you're living in bizarro world and you think it's Superman land. Everything is upside down. All right, moving on. (laughs) Hey, another story on the Spygate thing, but a quick one. I told you yesterday, John Brennan's in a lot of trouble. There's another story at the Daily Caller about why Brennan is in a world of trouble. It's a great article. This is David Creighton. He's writing about Fred Flights, who I know. Uh, 
Fred, uh, former NSC, National Security Council Chief of Staff, John Brennan buried evidence that Putin actually favored Hillary in 2016. Not to belabor the Brennan thing, we've done enough of it over the past few days, but I already told you he is in trouble for a number of reasons. Primarily, did he mislead the FBI when he was getting information from Steele or Steele's network and claiming he was getting it from other people? Also, how did the intelligence community get a hold of real Russian names to attach to the dossier? How did those... I'm just saying, Brennan, you you know led the CIA. Yeah. How did real Russian sources get attached to information in the dossier? It was fake. Where'd those names come from? It's like Ren and Stimpy and Land of the Left Sox. Where they go, nobody knows. <laughs> but somebody knows where they got those names. So Brennan's sweating a little bit, but let's just throw more fuel to the Brennan fire, showing you what a dunce this moron was. So from the Daily Caller piece, now we know Fred Flights, who's a more than credible guy, says that then-director John Brennan suppressed facts or analysis that showed that it was not in Russia's interest to support Trump. Wait, I thought Putin loved Trump. So Brennan had information saying otherwise? They also told flights that Brennan suppressed the intelligence over the objection of CIA analysts. Wow, isn't that interesting? Fleiss further stated that Brennan suppressed high-quality intelligence, suggesting that Putin actually wanted the more predictable and malleable Hillary Clinton to win the 2016 election. Flights goes on. Low-quality intelligence, this is important, that failed to meet intelligence community standards to support the political claim that Russian officials wanted Trump to win. That last part is critical. Yeah, man. Why? You know why. I know you know why. Because Brennan, so Brennan had high-quality intelligence suggesting Putin may have preferred Hillary. They scuttled that. No, no, make that go away. And he relied on low quality intelligence. Now, do you understand when Devin Nunes gets in front of the cameras and he says there was no formal official intelligence used to open this? Now, do you understand why? In other words, ladies and gentlemen, they didn't use formal intelligence channels where intel comes in from overseas. It's vetted through CIA analysts, officers and all who look at the information with their expertise. They then vetted up another chain and another chain. Why? That way, when it gets to the president, the president is making decisions based on intelligence they vetted and can deem likely true. You don't want the president starting a nuclear war about Russian intelligence. That's wrong. So in order for Brennan to get information to Obama, that was, as Fred Flight says, a former NSC official and a good man, was of low quality, Joe. How would he do that going through normal channels? He didn't. Mm-mm. They just bypassed him. They just bypassed it. Remember those golden envelopes delivered to Obama outside of the normal channels? It's basically rumor, hearsay, and innuendo Brennan was li- relying upon of low quality to bypass channels that would have cut that information off before it made it to Obama's desk because Obama wanted it and Brennan wanted to give it to him. Does that not make by sense the book. Now? Yeah, not by the no. book. <laughs> Great no. book. Totally by the book. Screw the whole CIA. <laughs> yeah. Just just walk up to Obama and, and deliver him a piece of loose leaf you just wrote. Him. Uh, Putin wants Trump to win. Who told you that? The bagel guy on the corner. Here you go, Mr. <laughs> Obama. Now you understand why there were no formal channels? Mm. Because formal channels would have cut that, quote, low-quality intelligence, as Joe just said, if they did it by the book, off at its knees, and they needed it to get to Obama and the FBI to spy on Trump. No more difficult than that to understand. All right. Wow. Let me get on to some other stuff. I got yeah. before we before we run for the week, I've got a couple more so important ones. You see, read my mind over there. I got some more on the Wuhan virus, and I wanted to get this video and a quick inflation story. So loaded show today. Finally, we got a new sponsor today, which was a huge, honestly, personal benefit to us because Paula wears contacts. If you are a contact lens wearer, it may be hard, even impossible, for you to get more contact lenses from your eye care provider. Many are closed. Not to worry. We found a solution here. And then, ironically, they called us. This is like perfect timing for us. 1-800-CONTACTS has your brand in stock, ready to ship. 1-800-CONTACTS has been shipping contact lenses directly to people's homes for 25 years. They've been around. They know the business. They are experts in the industry. They have 45 million contacts in stock and are shipping orders daily. 
It really can't get any simpler. Paula, you tried it. How easy was her website to navigate? Paula's, you know, a very smart web developer. It's the first thing she said to me. She said, when you talk to them, tell them how great their website was. Super simple. You order the same contacts you get from your doctor. Just look on the side of your contacts box for your prescription details. You can order online. You can go over the phone. You can use their app and they ship them fast and free right to your home. You can even renew your prescription online using their express exam. There's award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help and have any questions. Their best price guarantee means if you find your contacts cheaper somewhere else, don't worry, they'll beat it. No worries. They have 45 million contacts in stock. That's a lot of contacts. You're sure to find your brand. They've been doing this for 25 years. They're experts in vision care. Order online at 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. That's 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. Download their free app or call 1-800-CONTACTS. That's 1-800-266-8228. Check them out. You'll be happy with it. Okay, getting back to the show. So just a quick story I read yesterday in the Washington Examiner. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I get a lot of emails from very smart people. I love your emails and I enjoy them. Um, about this story I discussed the other day, the Santa Clara study and other studies in Massachusetts and New York indicating as the Washington Examiner uh, shows you here, that the prevalence of, ins- of, of infection of this virus is more widespread. Now, I appreciate a lot of your emails, a lot of really smart people. I've got a background in statistics. I understand them. I know what we're talking about, confidence intervals and things like that. But a couple of folks had said to me with the, uh, with the Santa Clara study that, well, the antibody test they used to detect if people had been infected and, and recovered later on may have been only 90%. I get it. I understand that. I'm not disp- I'm not telling you that we, these are ironclad and that we should go out and drastically change everything we know. I'm simply suggesting to you, it's clear as day, based on an increasing amount of information, that the prevalence of the infection of this virus based on antibody tests, in other words, people getting tested for antibodies, meaning their bodies produced antibodies in response to a virus they've already been infected with, the Wuhan virus, Mm-hmm. means that the likelihood that pe- more people were infected is very high. That's all. I get your emails. I read them. I understand. But even if the test was only 90% rather than 95% accurate, it still leads us all to believe that the infection rates were far higher. This was a study, this Washington Examiner study um, in New York, where they picked a group of people who went shopping. Now, I get it. The New York data released shows that there is potentially an infection rate of an alarming 13.9%. One, a couple of things. I don't even think that's that's alarming right there. I think it means a lot of people got the virus and were asymptomatic, meaning they may now be immune for a certain period of time. We don't know how long. Now, having said that, again, so the good news, more people may have been asymptomatic, got it, and now may, may be immune for a certain period of time. That's the good news. The bad news is, Listen, you can't talk about statistics, you know, whenever it defends your narrative like the media, but then ignore statistics and random sampling when it doesn't. This was done at a supermarket. It was not a random sample of people, Joe. What did I tell you about random sampling? It matters Mm -hmm. because it eliminates confounding variables. In other words, you don't take a bunch of healthy people, put them in a group to give a drug, and then a bunch of obese people who never work out and eat like garbage in another group, give them a blood pressure drug and say, look, the healthy people did better. Yeah. The confound, the conflict is with their health. They were generally in good shape. With this study, it wasn't random. It was people going in a supermarket. We don't know that. Could have been just a lot of older people in the area went to the supermarket more likely for infection. It could have been people who just go out more and go to the supermarket and don't really care about the Wuhan virus. Therefore, we're more likely to be infected. But even with that confound, it's still becoming pretty clear based on a body of evidence, however dirty and polluted the evidence appears to be, which it does, that a lot more of you had the Wuhan than you think had the Wuhan virus before. That's pretty clear at this point. Some of you may have the antibodies. I'm going to get the test. I'll let you know, hopefully on Monday. Got to, huh. got an antibody. Cool. I'm, I think, I, yes, it's going to be big, so don't miss the show on Monday. We'll see. This has become a big, like, Bongino household battle back and forth. You have no idea. I'm not even kidding. All right. All right, let me quick story in National Review. Please read this. It's really good. If you like economics, you're going to love this. If you just like making money, finance, and you're worried about this story is important too because it's a warning. One of the best stories I've read in a long time in National Review about the coming inflation crisis I've warned you about forever. 
Uh, Martin Hutchinson, the coronavirus economy will bring inflation. Ladies and gentlemen, we are printing money like mad dogs in the United States right now at levels we have never seen before. That money has to go somewhere. It's not going to get burned. It's not going to disappear. It's not going to fly up into the sky like a, like a mosquito. It has to go somewhere. And the answer is that extra money we're printing is going to chase roughly the same amount of goods because we're not producing anything. So if more money is chasing the same amount of things we produce, then those things will get more money, which is why the prices will go up. Now, look at this from the National Review piece to show you just how bad this is going to get if we don't get a hold of this soon. He says in the six weeks to April 6th, M2, which is a measure of the money supply, has increased by 7.7%, an annual compounded rate of 90%. That reflects the money the Fed has pumped into the system. The statistics aren't wrong. But at that rate of money creation, if Friedman, Milton Friedman is right, we should get inflation close to triple digits 18 to 24 months from now. You cannot produce money at that rate without the dollar going the way of the continental. Folks, Ooh. I warned you. Can you inflation? Can you imagine triple digit inflation? Whoa. Imagine that. Now. There's a way to squelch it, and I want to leave you on Friday with bad news. And I think Jerome Powell, Powell at the Fed is aware of the problem. I don't think he's done a stellar job, but I think he'll, he understands the issue. The only way to squelch this when we get out of this thing is going to be to pull of Paul Volcker, what he did in the Reagan years, when he raised interest rates in what they call the Volcker shock from about 10 to 16 to 20%. When you raise interest rates, that's the price on money. When you make the price on money go up, like anything else, you can shrink up as fewer people are in the market for money because they can't afford to pay those interest rates. Well, Dan, that sounds horrible. No, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to sop up that money supply somehow. And the only way to do it is to bump up interest rates, which does have one positive side effect. It's really good for people who save a lot of money, and it's a way to rebuild our capital stock. So some bad news, but there's some good news. But it's an important story. Please read it. All right. Um, let's see. What do we got? Oh, here's my last one today. This is our tough guy of the week. Maybe the month. I don't know this guy. Never met him. So I can't vouch for him personally, but I got to tell you this thing he pulled is he's got cojones. Like I've never seen before. This is a democratic, uh, state representative, Democrat. I didn't get that wrong from the great state of Georgia. I love, I want to take a trip up to Savannah when this thing is done. His name is Vernon Jones. He's a Democrat and he came out and endorsed president Trump. He also happens to be black, which of course doesn't matter to us because we're conservatives and we really don't care about the melanin levels in your skin, but liberals are obsessed with it. It's everything. Ironically, isn't it? They're the identity politics crowd, not us. Mm. But because he happens to be black and a state representative in Georgia and a Democrat, he endorsed Trump. Holy Moses. This guy was subjected to a salvo of insults, probably death threats too, from Joe, the very tolerant left. No. To the point where he was going to resign. He's since changed his mind. Good for you. Yes, sir. And here's just a minute of Vernon Jones giving a, from behind his desk, giving a little speech here as to why he's not going to resign and why he thinks Trump's the guy. It's pretty good. Check this out. Hello, America. I'm Representative Vernon Jones, a proud member of the Georgia House of Representatives. And, you know, recently I endorsed Donald J. Trump for his campaign reelection. And I hope you join me in those efforts. But little did I know that I would receive such barrage of attacks and name calling by the far left in the Democratic Party. You know, on yesterday, I had announced that I would not be completing my term. But then when I started receiving the overwhelming amount of support and outcry from the people that I represent in House District 91 in DeKalb and Rockdale counties, my fellow Georgians, and fellow Americans from across this country in every walk of life, every age, every color, every party. That was emotional. And that was motivational. And you know what, America? I thought about it. And I talked to my family. And I talked to my supporters. Because what you did for me, I'm going to remain on the battlefield. I'm going to complete my turn. I'm going to continue to put my country before my party. And I'm going to do everything I can to help Donald J. Trump get reelected because he's the man for this job. He's the man for this office. I love this guy. 
I don't know him. Again, I, 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 I can't vouch for him personally, but I got to tell you, having run for office myself, I'm not kidding. That takes a lot of guts, man. So hat tip, Vernon Jones from Georgia. I suggest everybody go to Twitter and send them some uh, quick tweet of support because, you know, liberals and stuff with all their tolerance, you got to override all the death threats and all that other stuff. Hey, thanks again for a great week. Even uh, you know, through this crisis, we've been here for you. You've been here for us. Uh, we really appreciate your support. It really matters that given the large selection out there of conservative podcasts, libertarian podcasts, that you continue to make us um, two or three in the country, depending on the week on any given day. It means the world to me. Thank you very much. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We'd love to get to 500,000 now. I never thought that would happen. 500,000 subscribers. It's all free. YouTube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you all on Monday. And hopefully I'll have the results of my test. See you then. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.